Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you want to see the world. This is Amanda Marr, and I just want to say I'm so gracious to my husband, Jeremy, for all of the support that I've received throughout these years in all of our struggles and and of course thank my children for being so understanding as we've gone through so much together and we've gotten through all of it as a family. Welcome to another episode of Life Giver Podcast. This is Corey, and we are in the month of November. And there's a lot of stuff happening in November 2016, including a huge election, which we are not even going to get into today. Um, and also, it's Thanksgiving is coming up, and the holidays are starting. And um, what a great time of year for us to be talking about today's topic, which is going to be the power of blessings and curses. Now, if you are not a spiritual person, I want to ask you to stay on and listen to this podcast because it's really more about the power of words and how we choose to use our words and whether or not we're going to be intentional using our words. So stick around and um, give this podcast a chance. So Going back to November is a huge month of gratitude. Now, I don't know about you, but I love seeing, especially on Facebook, how a lot of people begin the month of November by doing some kind of daily gratitude post. And I love this time of year when I see everybody's heart shifting towards being grateful for the things in their life, for the people in their life, for the blessings that they've received in their life, um, and just in general having gratitude. Gratitude is not a new topic as far as its effect on our life. There have been so many studies that have come out. Oprah was big on gratitude for a really long time and the power that it has to not only um, bring joy into other people's lives, but just a perspective change that needs to happen in our own life and what that can do for you each day. And I don't know about you, but I am like an eternal optimist and Matt is not an eternal optimist, um, but he brings that up all the time that I can see a silver lining to almost any situation, almost to a fault sometimes. But um, that's just one of the things that I do is, you know, even when I'm frustrated, even when I am struggling with something, my mind quickly shifts to what do I have gratitude over? So if I am frustrated about, you know, waiting for an upcoming um, assignment and waiting for those PCS orders, you know, a lot of times my mind will automatically go, okay, well, what, it, what do I love about this life? What am I thankful for in being uh, a military spouse? Um, what am I thankful for that I have in my life that I wouldn't otherwise have? What have these constant changes and uncertainty brought to my character because I have pushed through, because I have endured the difficult times? So, Gratitude plays a huge role in my own life, and sometimes I do it without even realizing it. So I wish that the, this whole attitude of being grateful every single day for 30 days during the month of November, like many of you, I wish that it was more than just a month. But I do love, I do love the fact that people do that, and I love the fact that at least they're intentional for the month of November, and then it brings them into the month of December hopefully carrying over that positive attitude into the month of December. So 
November is also the month about family and you know however you define family is unique to each of us and it's a wonderful time for some of you to get together at Thanksgiving with family members and feel like you're kind of home again. Um, if you are a seasoned military spouse you you quickly realize that after a while home is where not necessarily where your stuff is it's wherever you know your family is and your immediate family and so we can be in a hotel room somewhere we can be in wherever we're assigned we can be on the road somewhere we can be out camping but wherever we are together that starts to feel like what home actually is. So some of you are gonna go back home and see family members that you grew up with or grew up around for Thanksgiving, and that's gonna be a wonderful time for you to feel like you're just around people that just really know you and know who you are and, um, and accept you for who you are. Some of you are going to have what I'm seeing nowadays termed as Friendsgiving, where you're not able to go home and see external family members. You're more so gathering around some good friends of yours, um, and maybe some of those friends have become like family. It's not uncommon as military families for sure. I know we have some first responders listening too that understand this as well. But there comes a point where you realize that some of your closest friends who maybe share in this kind of lifestyle with you, they very quickly become family or more than family. So you end up having two families. You have an external family that you grew up with, and then you also have this other kind of family that are friends that have become like family because they get you and you get them and you don't have to explain your lifestyle or expect them to understand the challenges that you go through. It's just something you live through together. So I also want to think about that there are some of you who are struggling with family tension. And Thanksgiving brings up a time for you guys to have to struggle through how are you going to manage external relationships um, with aunts or uncles or cousins or grandparents or even parents out there. Um, that you really have a lot of attention with right now. And so Thanksgiving can, can be a time of joy and connection for some people, but it also can be a time of tension and stress um, because you're going back and you have these grand expectations for everything to heal and mend and everybody to get along. Um, and then, you know, so off, at least maybe you've had experiences in the past where that hasn't happened. So I want to be mindful for some of you, Thanksgiving can be a very stressful time. Um, I also want to point out that it's very normal, especially if you are a brand new family just starting out, to feel the weight of expectation of um, being with family members and and having to get on the road and travel and um, and be somebody for someone else. And so, Thanksgiving has a great opportunity to be a wonderful time, but sometimes um, just getting people around each other, where you know we family are even our immediate family members like our spouses we can tend to let the worst of ourselves come out because you know they eventually have to forgive us <laughs> and we cannot be our best selves and so that creates opportunities anytime for family tension when we relax a little bit too much and our words become a little looser and we think it's a safe zone and we can say whatever we want to or somebody else feels like they can say whatever they want to and we can all clean it up later and so there's always room for tension and for things to happen. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk today about the power of words and how we can be more intentional with what we say and um, what we speak into other people's lives. So it's all about how that influences our relationship. So I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Um, it's just been on my mind a lot. 
it's been um, something that I've been trying to be more mindful of and think about how words affect me and how they might affect other people. And I feel like in a lot of my devotional time lately, it's been brought up as well, is the power that blessing can have into someone else's life, the power that blessing has played into my life. And I'm speaking more about like words that are spoken as a blessing. Um, Scripture has a lot of stories uh, throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament about the power of speaking a blessing into someone else's life. For those of you (laughs) who are going to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, some of you are thinking exactly what I'm thinking was like, the blessing, right? (laughs) So it's going to come up a lot throughout this podcast if I start smiling and laughing. Um, Every time I hear the word blessing, I hear that quote in the back of my head. It's one of my favorite movies, by the way, and we watch it every November as a way to kick off for Christmas. Um, And I'm looking forward to that again this year. Side note... Um, I have actually purchased the Lampoon's Christmas mugs, the moose mugs. Yes, I have them. I have a set of eight, and um, we enjoy them every every year on the holidays. So anyways, if you haven't seen that movie, um, why not? You better go see the movie this this season. You can get it anywhere. And it's also on TV. It's a, it's a huge one to kick off the season with. So many quotes, so many quotes. So, okay, so back to um, thinking a lot about how we use our words and the power that they have. Uh, You know, some of you might sound, it may sound to you like this is kooky, you know, and I get that. Um, Some of you are going to hear some of what I'm going to say and you're going to go, okay, that's a little over spiritual for me. And that's okay. I think there's something in this podcast for everybody, um, in this particular episode for anybody. And that is, you know, if you don't want to believe in kind of the spiritual side of things, that's okay. Um, it's, it's something that is not only clear in scripture, but something that I have seen in, in my life and in other people's lives. Um, but if nothing else, I want you to take away from this episode that you can agree that words are powerful. Words can evoke feelings in other people, and it can invoke feelings within us as well. So an example of this is... What do you remember more from your childhood? Do you remember a negative word that was spoken to you or about you? Or are you more likely to remember positive words? Now, some of you, I hope that you have lots of memories of really powerful words that were spoken to you or about you. Perhaps you were told that you were good at a sport or good at a skill, or perhaps you were told that you were really smart. Um, But for many of you, and for most people, it's just the way that we receive information. We often remember a lot of the negative things that people have said to us. Perhaps somebody said that one time that uh, maybe another kid or a bully said that you were dumb or not smart. Um, Maybe it was a parent that said something to you that um, was really hurtful and that just scarred in your mind. And, or left a scar in your mind um, more than anything else that was positive that you remember hearing said about you or to you. I think the point that I'm trying to make is that I think we can all agree that there is great power in what other people say about us and to us that we listen to and hear and then decide whether or not we're going to absorb it and embrace that as um, our identity or whether we don't believe that for some other reason. Now, when I do counseling with other people, I love um, coming from the theory of 
rational emotive behavioral therapy. It's called REBT. And you don't need to understand all of that. I'll bore, I would bore you with it. But what I love about this particular theory is it's very quick at coming to um, a conclusion or helping other people come to the conclusion of what are the main beliefs that people believe um, about themselves and where did those beliefs come from. But what I love about how this theory works is that you work with someone to help them understand what do they believe at the core about themselves. And usually it comes down to usually a shame message. And I can usually find anywhere between one to four different beliefs that people have started to believe about themselves that started at some point in their childhood. Now, I am not going to be somebody that blames everything that we struggle with on our childhood. Um, because that's a lot of reasons why some people don't come for counseling because they're like, oh, I don't want to go through my childhood. I don't want to um, dig that deep and everything from my childhood doesn't make me who I am. And I agree with that. But there are some things in our childhood that do stick with us simply because we were at a time of development in who we were and our identity and our character. And there are some important ages in there that are a very huge part developmentally of securing our identity and understanding understanding our place in the world. So back to these core beliefs, um, usually they start with I am. So if you are struggling with a certain area in your life and you think about why am I really struggling with that? Why am I um, struggling with the way a person is treating me right now and um, it's really bothering me and I can't figure out, I can't put my finger quite on why is that bothering me so much. Um, if you ask yourself, usually you can do this with yourself, but if you ask yourself a series of questions of why do I feel this way? Um, what is the core feeling that, that it makes me? Does it make me feel stupid? Does it make me feel incompetent? Does it make me feel alone? Does it make me feel unseen? Um, you can figure out what is this feeling that I'm having. And then sometimes you can ask yourself, who was the first person that made me feel that way? And sometimes and there's some other ways of getting there too. But what I really want to get across to you is that these shame messages usually start with I am fill in the blank. I am unimportant. I am unwanted. I am alone. I am stupid. I am whatever, fill in the blank. And all of us have these core messages and you can know that they're shame messages. And I've covered this in, in previous podcasts before, but you know that it's a shame message because it's directly speaking about you, your identity and your character. It is attacking you as a person. So guilt is I've done something wrong. This is something wonderful that Brene Brown taught us all. Um, guilt is something that says I made a mistake and I can, and it's productive. I can go and fix that mistake by saying I'm sorry. I did something to harm you or I said something that hurt your feelings. I feel guilt about that. And so the productive thing for me to do is to right that wrong, say I'm sorry, and then um, we can move forward. But shame is not productive because shame says I am a mistake. And did you hear that? I am. I am fill in the blank. I am a mistake. And for some of you, that was a message that you walked away with, that you were a mistake. You weren't wanted. And when we believe these statements, whether we 
said them to ourselves and came to that conclusion ourselves or whether somebody actually spoke that over you we sometimes embrace it and identify with it and then we live our lives with that being a core message and what's crazy to me not that you're crazy or that i'm crazy but the the circumstance surrounding the fact that we do this is that we then live our lives hoping that it's not true let's just take i am unwanted let's take that one when you take that one and you go into the world and you're really hoping that it's not true, you will sometimes live your life trying to prove that that's not true. And sometimes we'll go overboard and we will be trying to convince ourselves and other people by things that we do, ways that we get involved, um, ways that we overpower other people just to prove in our heart's core that I am a wanted person. See, I am a wanted person. See, I am important. I need you to see me as important and we'll go overboard. But all the while, we are looking for the evidence after that that proves that it actually is true. Does that make sense? So we believe this message, I am stupid, let's say. Deep down inside, we feel that that's true. I am stupid. I am not smart. And then we go out into the world and we overcommit. We overget involved. We prove to the world that, no, really, I am smart. See? See? Look what I can do. Look what I've accomplished. I really am a smart person. But when somebody rejects our idea, when somebody criticizes our work, it feeds that original message that scares us and scares us into believing that message that, oh, no, it really is true. And so we actually end up looking for how it is true in our lives while the things that we do and how we engage into the world is really an effort to prove it wrong. So I hope that that makes sense. You may have to replay that a couple times to really let that sink in. But the main point that I want you to hear in that is that sometimes people in our lives, maybe from way back when, have they have said something to you or about you that you may have a absorbed and embraced in your life as a true message and that we can all agree that there's great power behind our words and knowing that I want us to think today about how we can be more intentional with our own words and what we can do to change how we impact other people whether that's our marriage how we impact and influence our spouse and their view of themselves, their view of their place in the world, their view of their role in our marriage, um, and also the power of words and how we speak over our children and what we are inviting into their life when we are not careful with our words. Now, I also believe that there are huge spiritual ties to what we say um, and how we bless other people and how we... um, can bring curses upon people. I'm not talking about like witches' curses and the power of witchcraft and and all that kind of stuff. I'm really speaking more about the power of bringing life. That's why this podcast is called Life Giver. We have great influence in bringing life out of people and we have great influence into breathing life into them as well. And that very much comes from our words, not just our actions. And so I do believe that spiritually there are ties to this. Um, There are so many scripture verses on the power of words. So um, a couple of them 
Proverbs 18, 21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, Ephesians is a huge challenge to us. It says uh, in 429, let no corruption or no corrupt talking come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Um, let's see another one, Matthew 15, 18, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person making sure that we're taking a look at whatever is in our heart comes out of our mouth. And if we have negative words that are coming out of our mouth, that is a clear indicator that there is darkness or there is stuff in our heart that's unresolved. There's negativity there. There's something that we need to take a look at in our heart. Maybe there's resentment. Maybe there's things that are unresolved that we need to take a look at and process before they come out of our mouth. Um, so really important for us there. I could go on and on. Um, on this proverbs is a huge book on lots of stuff about the power of our words and our mouth and our tongue um i love this one proverbs 15 1 a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger that's a huge one for conflict isn't it you know when you are having a disagreement with your spouse remembering that um when you come back with a soft answer it actually can turn away wrath and anger but if you come back with a harsh word, it's only going to stir the pot. It's only going to stir up anger. And so definitely for sure that makes sense. I, ho I hope to most of you that especially in disagreements, there's power in our words. In fact, I think it's in our, in our disagreements and in big conflicts, and we all have them, that um, we are not we are probably not at our best we are the worst version of ourselves if we're giving in to being defensive if we're giving in to I would need this to be about me right now instead of being about you I want to go first I need you to hear me first and we turn into this selfish version of ourselves um, there's a very good chance that we are um, in that place we're not paying attention to our words we're, we are more likely to speak harsh words even if they're true, they're not said in a loving, kind way. But I think that our ears and our hearts are even more vulnerable and receptive to the words that are going to come from our spouse. So that when they are not at their best, we're more likely to absorb some of these really hurtful things. And then we walk away from that argument, even once it's resolved. We walk away and we remember the harshest thing that our spouse said to us when they were their worst version of themselves, rather than the three months of positive things that they may have spoken into your life, simply because we didn't tame our tongue during that conflict. And so obviously the, the power of what we say um, can influence what we believe about ourselves, um, but we also have the ability to speak life into someone as well. So I want to give an example. It's kind of a mild example, but a little bit of a story about the power of um, blessing and curse that um, I learned early on in our marriage. Um, when we first got married and I took on the weather's name, um, we were just young kids trying to figure things out. We didn't have much money. We were looking for jobs. We were um, trying to figure out how to maintain an apartment and cars and um, you know, right out of college. I mean, we literally got married a week after graduation. And I think I've shared with with you guys before that we really had no idea what we were doing. We just, you know, we knew we wanted to get married, but we were like, you know, it's we know we want to be together. We know we want to get married. 
and college is ending and we don't have a place to live. So let's just get married the week after graduation and roll right into this thing. Well, <laughs> when you've lived in the bubble of college and everything's been taken care of for you, you've got janitors that are cleaning the dorms, you've got, um, you know, parents might be still helping you with your finances or your car situation. Um, I'm not saying that Matt and I were completely spoiled because Matt walked into the marriage with great information on how to do oil changes and fix the car. And, um, and we learned a lot of really great work ethic things growing up. So we weren't completely sheltered, but we had never lived in an apartment by ourselves, paying rent, um, paying bills until we got married and jumped right into it. So when things started to kind of naturally go wrong, life was happening, um, there was this thing that I kept hearing as that there was a weather's curse. Like it was kind of like this funny thing of like when things go wrong, um, oh, it must be just the weather's curse. You know, things just, it was kind of like Murphy's Law. And we say that a lot as military spouses. As soon as our spouse leaves, Murphy's Law happens and the dishwasher breaks, the washing machine breaks. And there's something about that that's really true. Part of it is just life is happening, but um, it's just this weird thing, right? And, um, and so we would say that. We would say, oh, it's just the weather's curse is happening. Well, at some point, I realized that I was kind of not in a like a, a kooky kind of way. I keep using kooky. I can't figure out a better word other than that. Like not in an overly spiritual way. It's not like I was believing that there was some kind of demonic curse going on in our life that was called the weather's curse. So I'm not going that far. But I do remember at one point, um, I, I found myself almost expecting things to go wrong. And um, that, you know, there's this weather's curse, just like there's this Murphy's Law. And I remember bringing it up and I don't remember what I said, but I remember us talking about it and I remember going, let's just stop saying that. Like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, but let's not bring ourselves to a place where we are expecting things to go wrong simply because we are the weather's family. And I do remember whether it was we just stopped paying attention to it and it was just life that was happening or whether there was really something to the, the power of speaking that into our lives. Either way, um, things got better. Now, maybe that's part of the spirituality of the power of words, that when we stop saying those things, maybe we don't, maybe all it is is that we don't notice that it's happening. Um, I do believe that there are some actual things that we can speak negativity into people's lives. So, but I think that being human and not being in the spiritual realm um, and seeing that and all the details of the spiritual realm, it's hard to really know exactly what's happening and the degree to which it's happening. But I think that I can say there has to be a little bit of what we allow ourselves to be aware of and are we waiting and expecting for things to go wrong. And then when we look for those things to go wrong, they actually, we notice them, right? Versus, you know, things that we're actually bringing in and speaking negativity into our life. So all I can tell you is that for us, once we stopped saying that and stopped waiting and predicting for it to happen, um, it was gone. And it really wasn't an issue for us anymore. And so, and even as I've thought about that this morning, I found myself, even as a military spouse, I'm thinking about Murphy's Law, and I know that hap has happened for me every single time. Like, um, we've had the washing machine completely break the first time he left for um, a training into the field. And, you know, every, it seems like every time Matt goes on deployment, 
either we I wrecked a car one time or the car broke down another time, but it always happens when he's on deployment. So there's something crazy about that. Um, I guess what I'm challenging you to think about is maybe we don't expect it and what would happen if we stopped expecting it and looking for it and actually um, spoke the positivity that we needed to speak into those times of separation. I'm just wondering. I'm curious. Those of you who are um, going through deployment right now or some kind of military separation right now I would love for you guys to to try this what would happen if you spoke blessing into this time of separation if you actually um, prayed about and looked for the positive things to happen um, I wonder how that would radically change your experience of that separation and if somebody out there is willing to do this and try this and and then get back to me and let me know um, what happened and whether or not um it changed your perspective and changed your experience of that separation. I think that would be awesome to hear about. So in my year this year of feeling called to be more intentional, um, if you've been following this podcast, I've been talking a lot about being intentional in your marriage. Um, this thinking lately about being more mindful about my words um, is calling me to be a little bit more intentional with my words. And um, it's making me think a little bit more about how can I be intentional in what I say to my kids and thinking before I speak. What am I going to do about being more intentional about being around family members and what I say and speaking blessing into their life? Um, thinking about uh, Matt and how I can speak blessing into his life. Like an example of this is instead of me just saying how, you know, what's your day look like? Um, what are, you know, what are your plans for the day? Instead, what would it look like to say, hey, you're going to have a great day. And I am really excited about the things that you're going to accomplish today and the people that you're going to invest in today. And I'm really hopeful that people are going to, um, in the right moments, if it needs to happen, that people are going to listen to the words that you have to speak life in, into their situation. And um, I just know that this is going to be an amazing day filled with grace or filled with purpose for you. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I would love for somebody to say, speak that into my life. And so um, what a difference that would be. Or, you know, maybe when he comes home, what can I say about who he is and his role in, in our family? Thank you. Coming back to gratitude, right? Thank you for who you are to our family. Thank you for um, the hard work that you do by getting up early in the morning um, and serving us as a family before you go off to PT or uh, whatever. Um, just the power of speaking truth, especially positive truth, into uh, my own husband's life. So... I'm thinking about being more intentional about that. So, you know, I think that there are so many scripture verses that I could go into as far as the power of blessing. There's even a story in the Old Testament of two sons where one stole the blessing from their father. The, you know, the father was supposed to give the blessing to the oldest child. And instead, the younger child, he stole the blessing by tricking the father into thinking that he was the older son. And so throughout scripture there are some incredible examples of the power of having blessings spoken over you and how that affects your life from that point forward and so there's something to this so here is the challenge that i want to give to you guys today before i move on to another topic the challenge to you is how can you be more intentional in your words 
Um, how are you going to speak blessing instead of uh, harsh words into your spouse's heart, into their life, into their sense of purpose? How can you speak blessing over your children? You know, if you are, you know, called to pray or feel led to pray over your children, um, and this is something I'm saying to myself um, to be more intentional about as well, but um, kneeling down at their bedside at, at night and not only praying for them, but in your prayer life, in your out loud praying over your children, ask God to bless their ch- bless them in a specific way. Speak positively over them in prayer um, at night or before they get on the school bus. You know, um, being able to say, you know, my son is eight and eight and you are going to um, do great today. You are going to um, enjoy your friendships today and you have the ability to um, have great things happen and speak life into someone else's circumstances today. And I have no doubt that you will have the words and the confidence to do that today and that God will give you the words that you need. Um, boy, that would be so incredible for, for me to be able to apply that better in my life and in my week and especially in the month of November. So um, a couple, you know, here's a couple things that I want to cover before we close on this topic. Um, by the way, forgiveness. I heard somewhere once that you know that you have forgiven a person, you know, somebody who has betrayed you or hurt you. You know, here's a sign of forgiveness that you have turned a corner and you have forgiven them. You know you have forgiven them when you are no longer in your mind speaking curses at them and now you wish for blessing in their life. Let me say that again. You know you have forgiven someone when in your mind you are not wishing the worst for them. You are not hoping that they will have something negative come about their life because of how they hurt you. You're not hoping for them to be miserable. But your mind has shifted into hoping for blessing and goodness and joy in their life instead. And that's a hard, hard word for us to absorb, isn't it? Because one of the hardest things that we have in life is is the challenge of forgiveness and wanting the best in someone else's life. And the power of our thinking, remember it comes down to, you know, what comes out of your mouth comes from what's in your heart. And you know what's in your heart by the way that you're thinking about the situation. It's a good sign of what's in your heart or what's in your soul, what's in your spirit. And so if you are wishing for something negative to happen in someone else's life because they've hurt you, that's not only a sign of unforgiveness and a a lack of grace. It's also a sign that there's something in your heart that needs to be resolved. And you know you have forgiven them. When you're able to expect and speak blessing and maybe even pray blessing into their life. Doesn't mean that we necessarily have to go back and find people that have hurt us and then speak a blessing over their life. It's really an attitude of the heart. So a couple things I want you to watch out for as you move forward and being intentional with your words. First of all, um, it's very tempting for any one of us to become very rigid and expect perfection of ourselves. If you are um, getting to a point in this process where you are beating yourself up for not being perfect about your words, when you are more focused on the words that you're saying than the attitude of your heart, then it's becoming an issue of perfection and rigidity. Anything that we try to do better in our life, if we've lost the spirit behind it and it's just become rules and regulations, then we're missing the point. So please be careful as you move forward to not... um, make this something for someone else to work on. Like if you're going to your spouse and saying, you're speaking negativity into my life. And well, maybe 
this is, you're the one that heard this podcast. You have to apply this into your own life. Now, if your spouse has listened to this podcast with you and you both have agreed we're going to be more intentional with our words, then you can lovingly hold them accountable. But, and I'm not saying you can't bring up the fact that your spouse, your spouse's harsh words have affected you. That's a different conversation, right? But if you are making this a rigid um, rules-based thing where you are um, going after them and speaking harsh words at them because of their harsh words at you, um, you're missing the point. So be careful to pay attention. This is a heart shift that's going on in your own heart and something that you are trying to be more intentional in. You can draw draw attention to that in other people. You know, like if your kids are speaking harsh words, if your spouse some- says something harsh to you, you can say, you know, that really hurt me and words really impact me and it's really hard for me to let go of harsh words once you've said them. And so maybe I need like 10 deposits to make up for the one negative withdrawal that just happened. So just be careful to not expect too much of yourself and go after perfection and and have this be something that's like causing more of a problem in your life. Also, um, be careful to not come to the conclusion that um, every negative or every positive word is blessing or curse that's happening. So for example, just because um, somebody has spoken something, now again, I'm going back to this spiritual realm of it's hard to know exactly what's going on because we're human and not in the spiritual realm so much, but I want you to just have a good balance. So don't go to the extreme that every negative word is now a curse. Does that make sense? So just because somebody said something negative doesn't mean you have a curse on your life. Just because somebody spoke blessing of you doesn't mean that you're going to prosper, especially financially, that life happens. And um, we have to be very in tune with the spirit, especially if you're a Christian, to know what has God um, blessed you in your life with. And, um, and that we just need to make sure that we're keeping a good balance and not drawing our own personal conclusions about um you know, these blessings versus curses. So just make sure that you have a godly person in your life that can help you clear that up. Make sure you're going to scripture about that. And that's another podcast that I'd like to do sometime is to talk about how do you know if something is God's will in your life? And um, and we'll do that um, soon. So one more example before I let go of this topic that I want to tell you about um, that I'm going to be more intentional is... Um, you know, in a playful way, you know, I have a son, my youngest son is a nonconformist. He is his own person. Um, He has never wanted to dress to please someone. I remember way back, like when he was a toddler, like he wanted to wear what he wanted to wear and he was not about uh, impressing anybody. And so from a very young age, we um, in a loving, fun way would say, oh, Jackson, you're such a mess. You know, you're just, and we love it. You're just a mess. And, um, and it's something that we say playfully in a loving way. And it's kind of a way to say, I love you and I love who you are and I love how crazy you are. Um, but I realized this morning that I'm going to rethink that. Um, because even if he knows right now that it's a playful, loving thing to say, um, I want to be careful that he knows um, some of the more positive examples of things that I can say in his life and and that I can somehow turn what I'm trying to say to him into more of a blessing instead of it being kind of a label um, that he could walk away with someday and saying, you know, 
I'm a mess. And so I'm going to act like a mess and I'm going to be a mess. And that's just who I am in life. And so I just want to be careful of the words that I choose, um, even though my attitude and my heart might be something playful. And he may right now know that it's playful. It's definitely not something that I would want him to absorb and draw his own conclusions from it. So I just wanted to share that um, example for you. For those of you who are parenting, maybe you're in a similar situation. Again, please don't go to the extreme and draw these massive conclusions and think that you're ruining your children or something like that. Find a good balance. Um, Think about how you can apply this into your life. So couple updates before I leave this episode. Um, Biggest news is that I am actually going to take a sabbatical. Now, I have been working so hard for the past two years easily, if not five years, working very hard and have... You've heard me speak in other episodes that um, it was a call, it's been a calling that's been on my heart to um, do the things that I've done and that there were times when I really wanted to slow down and I felt like God was saying, not yet. Well, I have reached a point where God is clearly telling me it's time to rest. And every time I, I get ahead of myself and I start working on things and trying to think of what's next and what can I work on, um, God very clearly shuts the door on that and um, prevents me from either being able to think through clearly what I'd like to do or actually closing doors and preventing things to keep me busy right now. And so I want to be very um, careful to be obedient right now and take the rest that I need to take. Um, I'm going to be taking this time to pray about what's next and pray about um, what I need to do during this time of rest so that my mind and my heart and my soul and my words and my relationships are all um, flourishing and thriving because of this time of rest. So for right now, the sabbatical is going to be through the end of the year, but this podcast is not going to go away. So this podcast is going to continue. You're going to still see episodes that are going to pop up. In fact, um, the next probably five episodes are going to be extended, uncut versions of some of the interviews that some of you were able to listen to in the Military Spouse Wellness Summit. So those really exciting interviews I've been talking about with um, Dr. Les Parrott, Taya Kyle, Dr. John Townsend, even Dr. Mike Seitzma, who's the sex therapist in Atlanta, I'm going to be playing those interviews over the next five episodes of the Life Giver podcast. So those of you who are listening to the podcast and enjoy it, you're not going to see um, any change during this sabbatical. You'll still see them popping up twice a month. Um, But I just want to let you know that I personally, behind the scenes, am taking a break and that starting in the new year, we'll see what's going to happen on the other side. But as of right now, I have, um, I'm enjoying the podcast. I love it. I love the feedback that you guys are giving me. And um, so we'll see what happens on the other side of this sabbatical. Um, If you want to reach out to me and tell me ideas that you have for future podcasts, I'd love to hear about it. Um, I would love for some of you to rate this podcast on iTunes so that other people can hear it and benefit from it. And um, of course, anytime you want to send me an email and let me know um, what you're enjoying or what you'd like to hear, I'd love to hear that. And I always am looking for new shout outs. So at any time, you can call the number that I'm about to give you. And just simply leave a voicemail. When that number pops up on my phone, I never answer that line. I know that it's for the podcast, so you don't have to worry about speaking to me or some or somebody on the other line. You literally just leave a voicemail 
that is a thank you to another military spouse. And then I take that and produce it and make you sound awesome and put it at the beginning of the podcast. So I'm always looking for new shout outs and I would love to hear from you. And I'm sure those that you would love to thank would love to hear from you too. Um, even it's even if it's for your spouse, you know, and November is a great time to send in a shout out that thanks your external family members for their support of you in the military or as a first responder. So with that being said, I'm going to close out and say how much I appreciate you, how thankful I am for you. And I want to speak blessing over your life by saying that I care about you, that people love you, that you have great and wonderful and powerful influence into the lives of your immediate family members if you have children, into the life of your spouse, and that you will, if you try to speak these positive, more blessings, that you will have an incredible impact on not only the people in front of you, but the circle of influence that's been given around you. And so I speak wonderful things into your life that your relationships will flourish, that your relationships will grow, that your relationships will become more meaningful, and that you will find healing and encouragement um, from from the next couple months of whatever is going on in your world, and that you will overcome whatever obstacle that you're facing. Thanks for joining me, and I will see you next time. Would you like to send in a shout-out and have it included on the Life Giver podcast? Anyone, civilian or military, can thank a military spouse who has made a difference in your life or say thank you to a service member for working hard on your marriage. Record your shout out by using your voice memo app available on your device and email it to Corey at CoreyWeathers.com or call in and leave a voicemail shout out to 706-431-7222 and we will do our best to include it in future podcasts.